Now it's time for some New York Mets baseball talk. Here's Gary Mack bringing you the latest news and analysis from Mets Nation and the world of baseball on another edition of Mets Musings. And hello and welcome to another edition of Mets Musings, episode number 320. And who are these guys that are playing baseball in New York Mets uniforms? Are we living in an alternate universe? Uh, what's going on here? This is great. They got the best record in baseball. It, we couldn't be happier. It's so fantastic. And enjoy it while it's here. Don't don't question anything, folks. Just enjoy it. Enjoy being in first place right now. Enjoy the way the Mets are playing. They're fun. They're entertaining. Mickey Callaway's got them running. He's got them playing defense, timely hitting, and uh, it's just uh, it's been a blast these two weeks. And um, we'll talk a little bit more about that later. But uh, want to get right to my guest this week and. Uh, he is a writer or the uh, chief writer for Reviewing the Brew, a Milwaukee Brewers uh, blog. And he is Trevor Huth. And Trevor, welcome to Mets Musings. Well, thank you for having me. Well, it's our pleasure. And uh, Trevor, we were talking a little bit before time. And, uh, of course, a lot of the fans uh, remember uh, Yelich from... Uh, the uh, Miami Marlins, and uh, wondering whether or not we'll get to see him this series. Yeah, a lot of the Brewers fans are wondering that, too. Uh, <laughs> when he got placed on the DL, it was retroactive to five days before, so he is eligible to come back this weekend. Uh, but they're going to do some more tests tomorrow to figure out if uh, he's going to be healthy enough to come back. Uh, they were trying to avoid DL time at first. Uh, but when he was taking swings in the cage, I guess if something didn't feel right, and uh, so they decided that the DL was the best option for him. Uh, but really, the lineup is missing him a lot. Uh, it's struggled and it's looked great all at the same time. And you know, he's really an anchor in that lineup, and and the fans really miss seeing him, especially after giving up Lewis Brinson, the top prospect. So. And, yeah, Princeton going to Miami. We saw him this past uh, week uh, against the Mets. Um, so what is it? What is the injury with Yelich? It's, uh, I, I believe it's officially listed as an oblique strain. And, I mean, I've seen oblique strains go either way. So this could be an ailing thing all year. Or it, could, it could just uh, clear up this weekend. Hopefully the tests come back in a good way and, and Yelich will be back in the lineup soon. But it is an oblique strain. And those obliques are the uh, the bane of everybody. The last few years, they've really been uh, come out of nowhere. We never heard of them before, but uh, um, they're there now and uh, pretty uh, prevalent. So let's go uh, around the horn, so to speak, and uh, some new faces on the team, guys that we didn't see last year, some, some guys that departed. And uh, but uh, Eric Thanes is still at first base. What kind of years he? What kind of start is he off to this year? Uh, well, he's off to some an inconsistent start as far as playing time goes. Um, they're kind of platooning him and Ryan Braun at first base because uh, because of the crowded outfield. Ryan Braun said, "I'm open to moving to first base." 
Uh, so they only really let teams hit against righties. But that being said, the playing time he is getting, he's absolutely crushing the ball. Um, he's, uh, I'm getting his stats up right now. I know his, his isolated power is something ridiculous. I think it's over 400 right now. Um, he's gotten 44 plate appearances this year so far. Uh, and his offensive rating, according to Fangrass, is up to 4.6. Uh, and that's thanks to five home runs early on. So you remember his hot start last year. He's doing a lot of the same thing. He's just not getting the same playing time. Um, and it's just amazing that he's hitting the ball this hard, especially considering his uh, his batting average isn't where it was last year, but the power numbers are still there. And that's it's great to have in the lineup if you're a Milwaukee Brewers fan. Yeah, and I think last year he was an all-star, if I'm not mistaken. So... Uh... Really got off to a great start. It was the big story in baseball, one of the big stories last season. And uh, seems like uh, he's continuing a little bit of that this year. And now we're going to move to second base. And uh, uh, no more Skipper and, and uh, <laughs> whoever was there last year. Uh, but you got Eric Sogard playing second. Tell, tell us a little about what kind of start he's having. Uh, Eric Sogard was not hitting the ball until the last game of the St. Louis series yesterday when uh, all of a sudden he, he came out three for three with a couple extra base hits. So um, I don't offensively, the second base, second base is not really something to worry about uh, with the, with the Brewers. They really switch off between uh, Eric Sogard, Hernan Perez and Jonathan VR. Uh, none of them have really taken the role of, of starting second baseman and, and ran with it. Um, and offensively, they're interchangeable almost defensively they're making a lot of errors that's where that's where most of the um well most of the brewers errors are coming from and they're making a lot of them so uh i know four of them are between vr and hernan perez alone uh so second base is kind of a question mark and it's starting to look like they might reach into the minors soon but that won't matter for the Mets series, and you'll see a combination of the three at different points during the series. So it sounds like they are still uh, experimenting, uh, trying to find an everyday lineup. Yes, they are. Uh, it's just, there's a lot of versatility throughout the uh, throughout the hitters right now because you have uh, Ryan Braun, who's who's starting to transition to the infield, which means you also have Eric Thames and uh, Jesus Aguilar, who are who can go in at first whenever you have the middle infielders who can play either position. You've seen our, our Orlando RC at second at some points this season. Uh, we know Hernan Perez can play anywhere, really. So because of that, it's just trying to find the right puzzle pieces to fit together, and Craig Council's been messing around with it a lot so far. He certainly has, and, and uh, really last year, if if we may, uh, really Milwaukee was a, a bit of a, a a huge surprise with the year that they put up there. They were in contention, battling the Cubs a, a good part of the season, and uh, uh, really was a surprise team last year. And it looks like they're going to be in a position. They made some moves, and and it looks like they're going to be in that position again this year. Yeah, they were doing the slow rebuild thing. They had their young guys in the lineup, and something just clicked all at once last year. And they were in contention until uh, they lost in game 161 to make the playoffs. So uh, that alone made the fans really happy, but also them clamoring to make that final push so they were back in a race again this year. And that's 
that's how uh, you know Christian Yelich and, and Lorenzo Cain happened this season. They made a couple starting pitching moves and uh, and brought in some good relievers. Their bullpen's really strong right now, but they were a surprise last year. They're not surprising anybody this year. They they <laughs> made the statement that they're going to uh, try to compete in the NL Central with the Cubs, and right now they are in second in the NL Central despite some shaky defense. And uh, you, we were talking beforehand, and, and you mentioned how the defense is a little bit, the infield particularly is a little uh, shaky. Uh, the outfield should be pretty decent with Yelich when he's in and Kane, I would imagine. Uh, but the infield's a little shaky. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, it's, it's killed them in some games, and other games it hasn't mattered. Um, it's kind of like they're going with the strategy of offense is going to win out, but mm-hmm. uh, I have it up right now, and the only regular playing uh, position player without an error is Ryan Braun. So everybody in the outfield and everybody in the infield has at least one error, and one of the defensive cornerstones last year, Orlando Arce, is leading the team with three errors already this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, so something's not clicking defensively, and it, whether it's a mental block or something else, it's it hurts them a lot and uh they should have they should have two or three more wins but errors just killed them and and they ended up taking the loss well as you know you played on the college level that it's uh it's a funny game (laughs) (laughs) that it is (laughs) and and we've got some new catchers as well in uh uh in on the team this year um or was any of them last year? Um, I'm trying to remember. Well, Lacroix's been gone, uh, but the backup that you had a couple of years ago or last year, he looked pretty good. And he's—I don't think he's there anymore, is he? I can't remember his name. Uh, the catching situation's a little weird right now. They did trade Andrew Suzak to the Orioles before the season started, but that's because then Manny Pena uh, broke out as their starter last year, and he's been starting all year. Mm-hmm. Uh, the original plan was probably to have his backup be Stephen Vogt, who, who was their backup last year. They picked up off waivers from the Oakland A's, uh, but he went out with, uh, with an injury at, towards the end of spring training, leaving it open for Jet Bandy. Um, to be the backup for Manny Pena. But, of course, as uh, has happened a lot with the Brewers so far, uh, their catchers got hit with the injury bug, too, and Manny Pena left the, uh, left the game the other night, and there's really still no word if he's going to be healthy enough to start the Mets series. So right now, uh, Jet Bandy has been starting games behind the plate with uh, Hernan Perez, the utility man, acting as the backup, really. So catching is kind of a, a weird position right now. Wow, and they're using Perez all over the place. They do. He's he can play anywhere. He's already pitched this year too, so he's kind of <laughs> whatever they need him to do. And uh, going down to the hot corner there, you got Travis Shaw at third base. Uh, uh, how has his year been going? His year's been going exactly how the the Brewers wanted it to. He broke out as their uh, consistent hitter last year in that anchor and in, in that three hole and. He's still doing that. Um, you know, it's nice to see since Ryan Braun's bat has been down, but you're still getting a uh, 269 hitter out of him, and he makes good contact. So uh, there's really not a whole lot to complain about with Travis Shaw. He just gets the job done in the lineup. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned Ryan Braun and his bat down. Uh, uh, is it the injuries? Is it the uh, PEDs? uh is it age catching up to him? Uh, what what 
because he's had that wrist injury, I believe he had a couple of years ago that, that was nagging and uh, some other ones. Uh, what's going on with Ryan Braun? Yeah, I mean, he only played in 104 games last year, um, and he ended up hitting 270, of course. But in, he's always been one to start kind of slow, but now that he's getting older, it's a really slow start where he's hitting under 200, and he's striking out at almost a 30% clip. So something is just not right in his mechanics. But, again, he started slow for for several years in a row now, and, and he'll, he should bounce back. I don't want to say he will, but he should bounce back because uh, he's proven to be that consistent player. It's just right now, uh, early in the season, he's, he's hard to watch. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, yeah, I can understand that. It's tough when these guys, uh, and you know, with the new analytics, they really, they don't care about strikeouts and uh, it seems these guys are taking that to heart. Hey, if you can put it over the fence, you can strike out, I guess. Look at Aaron Judge. <laughs> and, uh, you, we also spoke a little bit earlier about Lorenzo Cain made the big move in the off season, signed him to a, uh, free agent contract. Um, what was the feeling in Milwaukee when they signed him to that contract and, uh, how is he performing so far? Uh, well, the feeling when they signed him was weird because, uh, Lorenzo Cain started with the Brewers. They they brought him up. He debuted with the Brewers in 2010, and then they traded him to Kansas City when they got Zach Grinke. Um, so people were happy to have him back, but the five-year deal is what people were taking issue with right. for the most part because uh, he's 31 years old, so uh, you think there's going to be some dead money at the end of that deal. But as of right now, he's hitting 283 and has, uh, I, I believe he's, he's the leadoff hitter, so uh, despite the fact that he he also exited a game the other day with an injury, but he was able to pinch hit the next day. He just needed a little bit of time off. Um, he's been playing well for him, and, and the thought is that he will continue to do so. Uh, but the five-year contract really got to some fans thinking that the, the Brewers made a bad move and got and put some dead money into an old guy. Um, yeah, that, and I think that was the uh, a lot of feelings that people were afraid to put in uh, – the money for him in the off season, of course, the Brewers jumped up and did it, but uh, it, it may pay you off the first couple of years, and then, like everything else, those those back end of those contracts usually get hurt. But um, you know, sometimes you have to do it, and I think that's with the Brewers were just in that position. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, they have a very deep outfield, even going down to the minor leagues. Um, you have. Brett Phillips and Keon Broxton. Keon Broxton was a 2020 player last year, and Brett Phillips came up and, and showed out really well in his MLB debut. So you're able to spend that kind of money, even though you'd like to have the money later. You're able to get his production now while some of your younger outfielders, and the Brewers have a ton of them, are grooming up and, and getting ready to take over those starting roles. Yeah, always a good thing to have the uh, stocked farm system and uh, uh have those guys ready to step in eventually, you know, uh, when these other guys go down. Now, the pitching matchups for this series is going to be uh, Zach Davies versus uh, Steven Matz. That'll be Friday night. Chase Anderson against uh, Matt Harvey on Saturday. And 
I can't even pronounce his name. Julius Chasen versus Syndergaard on Sunday. What can you tell us about uh, Davis and Anderson and Chasen? Well, I'm going to start with game two just because Chase Anderson is uh, right now the ace of the Milwaukee Brewers. That's going to be a a really good pitching matchup. Um, Anderson emerged last year as, as the star of the show. And uh, so far, he's pitched three games with a, a 3.38 ERA. This is not the strongest rotation that anybody in the majors will ever see. Um, but you know, going back to uh, Zach Davies, Zach Davies last year just found a way to get a lot of wins, but he still had a uh, an ERA that was close to or above four. Um, but he keeps the team in the you know he keeps the offense in the game enough. And then of course, Julie Chastain was signed this off season. He's been, um, to be polite, horrendous this season so far. <laughs> He's got an ERA above six. And um, the thing about the rotation this year for the Brewers is that so far, no one's been able to really uh, go deep into games. Um, through uh, three starts, the most innings any starter has is 16, and that is Chase Anderson. So the, a lot of the burden's been put on a, on a bullpen that, that lost its big gun too. So um, really it's a, it's a game of the bullpens once it gets towards the fifth or sixth inning. Well, and that's pretty similar to what's been happening uh, here as well. We just had one of our pitchers uh, go seven for the first time. So um, it seems to be a trend throughout baseball. And uh, um, how about the weather? Have you, have you guys uh, gotten any of that bad weather yet? Well, yes, but as in the terms of baseball, Miller Park has a roof. So right. <laughs> weather can stay out. <laughs> so you lucked out there, um, but any on the road that they get any, uh, I don't know who, what road trip they may have been on already, but uh, did they uh, get any of that uh, snowy weather at all? It wasn't uh, snowy, but... <laughs> this uh, this last series they played against St. Louis uh, at Bush Stadium was mm-hmm. cold, and the first two games went into extra innings. And um, yeah, I was actually at Game One. It was it was cold. That's all you can say. <laughs> so that's kind of taking a toll. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, not this year. Last year I went to the uh, second game of the season, and it was a night game, and it was crazy cold. So I kind of know what you go, what you feel like. So <laughs> I was bundled up in uh, in left field, right behind the Brewers bullpen, and just hoping that the game wouldn't go into extras, but also hoping it would because it's free baseball. So. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's sort of you damned if you do, damned if you don't situation. You know <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, you also mentioned that the. Um, uh, the bullpen was going strong now, and uh, funny enough, the Mets bullpen has been pretty well, uh, going pretty well uh, as well, uh, but it's one thing that you worry about. You don't want to burn them out too early in the season, so they uh, run out of gas, but um, talk a little bit about the Brewers bullpen. Well, the big news in the Brewer bullpen is that Corey Knable's out four to six weeks. Um, he threw a pitch. He was getting. They were down eight nothing against the Chicago Cubs. He was just getting to work because he hadn't thrown in a while and threw a pitch. It was a 
he could barely extend out and he fell to the ground and his hamstring, uh, I believe it's a hamstring strain is what they're calling it, but it was a scary moment. You thought you were going to lose him for the season, the way he went down. Right. Uh, so there goes a, uh, one of the better closers in baseball, and the Brewers are trying to work through it. They've tried Matt Albers closing out games. Uh, they've tried Jacob Barnes, and they're trying to figure out exactly what they're going to do there. I know it's it's almost split half and half, or half of the Milwaukee Brewer fans want Josh Hader to get a shot to close, and the other half want Josh Hader to um, stay in that Andrew Miller middle relief role. Uh, but despite the fact that they don't have Corey Knavel, the uh, the Brewers bullpen has been doing really good stuff and holding teams until the ninth inning when these inexperienced closers are going in there and trying to get it done. Uh, yesterday in their game against the Cardinals, they brought in, um, I think it was Albers to close out, and the first thing he did was give up a double off, or a home run, actually, that they thought was a double at first. So <sighs> the ninth inning's a little tough, but getting there is not has been fine. Uh, one thing they've been doing is playing a lot of roster roulette with some of their relievers and the minors and just calling guys up on options and then sending them down after a couple of days. Um, so they have fresh arms, but other than that, it's just been figure out who's going to take the ninth is a big thing. Well, um, so it sounds like we've been in a similar boat, <laughs> both teams right now. Cause the Mets have done that too. Sent some guys up and down and, uh, uh, to keep uh, some fresh arms out there. But uh sounds like it's going to be a good series, and I hope that it's good and close. And uh, um, good luck to you personally. Good luck to the Brewers, uh, but not until Monday once they leave New York. <laughs> then, then they go on a winning streak. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll see, uh, we'll see if there's still a one in the uh, lost column for the Mets after the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Trevor. Uh, Tell us, um, where can the folks read your blog if they'd like to uh, check it out? Yeah, it's reviewingthebrew.com. We post all of our articles on our Twitter page, which is Reviewing the Brew, and the same goes with our Facebook page, same name. uh, Our articles go up there, so if anyone wants to read, we'll be posting all throughout the the Met series. And, um, you know, we like when people click on our stuff, so... All right, so everybody go check out reviewingthebrew.com and look for Trevor's stuff. He's a he's a fine writer and uh, got a bright future ahead of him. And Trevor, I want to thank you uh, so much for coming on tonight. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. And I hope we get to talk again in the future. So, uh, uh, and good luck with your internship. Thank you very much. All right, and we'll be back right after this. Hey, baseball fans and book fans as well. This is Frank Nappy, author of The Legend of Mickey Tussler series, inviting all of you to learn more about my protagonist, Mickey Tussler, an incredible pitching prodigy who has autism. Follow Mickey's journey as he captures the hearts of fans everywhere with his blazing fastball and indomitable spirit. Please visit Amazon or www.franknappy.com for more information. Hi, this is the world-famous Mr. Brewtown of BrewtownSports.Potomatic.com. You know, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Google+, Plus. Uh, Brewtown Sports. You can also listen to the show at Stitcher.com, TuneIn.com, and iTunes.com. 
And we've got the new one. It's called BrewtownRadio.Webley.com. But the one that I'm most proud of being on is BaseballPodcast.net. It is the home of great baseball talk shows. Check it out, my show and all kinds of other programs all about Major League Baseball. So check it out. That's BaseballPodcast.net, the home for great baseball talk shows. The Phillies and Mets rivalry has never been better. Hi, my name is Rich Baxter, and I host Phillies Talk Podcast. I hope you'll join me as we talk all about the Phillies all season long. That's Phillies Talk Podcast at FightinPhillies.com. And now back to Gary Mack and this great edition of Mets Musings. Five one six six one nine six three four one. That is the comment voicemail hotline. If you'd like to be a part of the show and drop us a line, leave us a comment or a voicemail question, anything at all. Call that number five one six six one nine six three four one, or go to metsmusings.com and click on that widget in the middle of the screen, and that's a speak pipe, and you can leave a voicemail right through your computer through your computer's microphone. Or if you prefer to do things the old-fashioned way, send us an email at metsmusings at gmail.com. The Facebook page is facebook.com slash groups slash Mets Musings, and the Twitter handle is at Mets Musings 1. And uh, if you'd uh, like to help out the show, check out our Patreon page. Check out the campaign at patreon.com slash Mets Musings. Uh, this is Skip Lockwood, and you're listening to Mets Musing. I was a pitcher, a relief pitcher, a closer with the New York Mets. I have a new book out called Inside Pitch, Mets Musing. Thank you very much. And thank you, Skip. And we are back. And uh, as I said, I want to thank uh, my uh, guest, Trevor Huth, for coming on, uh, reviewing the brew. Go check it out. It's a great uh, blog site, and he talks all about of course, his Milwaukee Brewers, but uh, it's it's always fun to check out the uh, other teams and what they're doing and, and the different blog sites. So go check it out. If you love baseball, go check it out. Go check out BaseballTalkRadio.com with his podcast from many, many different baseball teams. You can spend the whole uh, month trying to listen to podcasts over there. So go check it out, BaseballTalkRadio.com, the home of great baseball podcasts. Well, you know, what can I say about the Mets? Uh, as I said in my opening, it's it's unbelievable how they're playing. They're playing so well. Mickey Calloway, everything he touches, uh, every decision he makes so far is golden. It's not going to be like that all season, but enjoy it while it's here now. This is a team that that uh, is just um, shows they got some metal in them. I mean, they can they they're playing really good baseball, and uh, 
it's I think it's going to be an exciting year. I think they're going to outdo a lot what people thought they were going to do, and they're going to surprise a lot of people as this year goes on. Um, the whole key is going to be health, and we've already got some injuries uh, to mention. Um, but, uh, you know, um, hopefully the, the pitchers can stay healthy and can straighten out what they've been doing the starters and get deeper into games and and go from there and not wear out the bullpen quite as much uh but um let's take a look at some news and notes here um i'm sure everybody heard by now that uh, travis darno has been put on the uh, 10-day disabled list he has a partial tear of the ucl and folks this is not good i mean this could be um either a T.J. Rivera situation where he has Tommy John surgery and is out for the season, or Seth Lugo where they try to treat it and rest it and rehab it. And uh, either way, he's going to miss some time. And uh, Dorno just can't seem to uh, catch a break when it comes to injuries. He's always getting injured and really a shame that um, – his career has been uh, nothing but injuries, it seems. He just starts to find his his uh, pace, and he gets hurt. And, you know, he gets some bad injuries. So uh, it, it's really a shame, and we're waiting to hear what they decide to do or what he decides to do, whether to get the surgery or not. But uh, there's a good chance that his days as a New York Met are limited now with this injury. But uh, so he will be uh, on the shelf. Thomas Nito has been called up temporarily, we all seem to believe, until they can uh, get uh, the decision from Darno and possibly move him to the 60-day disabled list open up a spot on the 40-man roster, and then bring up Jose Lobaton, who is at AAA, who they signed in the offseason, veteran backup catcher, and uh, he may be eventually coming up here with uh, Tomas Nito going back to Binghamton. It's a big jump from double-A ball to uh, the majors, but um, he's up here now because they needed a body, and... Um, uh, you know, Zach Wheeler made his first start of the year. He got called up the other day, and he was awesome. Best performance of the year by any of the starters. Seven innings, uh, gave up uh, uh, one run, and uh, really looked awesome. So now I, I would imagine he'll get another start, and hopefully he will... Uh, he will shine again and maybe make it a real difficult decision for uh, Mickey Calloway and this rotation. I mean, Vargas is recovering, and, and he will be coming back soon. What do you do? If Wheeler's outstanding, you know, do you try to move one of the other guys uh, to the bullpen? I don't know. The bullpen has been awesome. Gizelman. Oh, my goodness. Hasn't Gazelman been fantastic in the bullpen? Struck out the side last night, dominating. Seth Lugo, out of the pen, has been awesome. Uh, everybody has just pitched in and done so well. 
And, you know, Cespedes isn't even hitting. So all kinds of good things going on. And um, let's go to a voicemail right now because our good friend and my former co-host here, uh, Barry, is checking in and he's giving up his uh, state of the union, if you will, of the first two weeks of the season. So uh, let's take a listen to what Barry has to say. Hey, Gary, it's Barry checking in first to congratulate you and also to give my thoughts on the first two weeks of the 2018 Mets season. What can you say? Who are these guys? I mean, they run the bases with no fear, never seem to have a deficit too large to overcome. The bullpen has been spectacular, the defense great, and as far as the new manager, if John McGraw were alive today, he'd be taking notes from Mickey, since so far everything Callaway has touched during the first 11 games has turned to gold. I admit I have questioned a couple of his moves. Certainly the one when he could have let Seth Lugo in to pitch the ninth inning of Harvey's first start, but instead went to Familia, who could have been saved for another day. But the move worked, as is basically everything he has done so far. He also has been batting the pitcher eighth quite a bit, but that move also has been working since it gives Ahmed Rosario, who shows flashes of being the budding star he was expected to be better pitches to hit from the nine hole. There are at least a few games, the Sunday night game, that gave them the sweep over the Nationals, that if this was last season, the Mets lose the game for sure. The starting pitching, the team's supposed strength, has been really just okay, not great, and who had Zach Wheeler being the first Mets starter to pitch into the seventh inning prior to the start of the season? And when did Lugo, Robert Gazelman, and Hansel Robles become the 2018 version of the Nasty Boys? Also, the Mets are doing this with not only their top two stars being good, but certainly not pitching like aces. Their number one bat is sitting below 200, so when Cespi gets hot again, to go with an apparently healthy Conforto and Jay Bruce, there is no telling what these Mets could accomplish. And we must be living in an alternate universe, because when does a Mets player return to the playing field from an injury three weeks before he is expected? Can they keep up this pace? Of course not, but the Mets have put the National League and certainly the heavily favored Nationals on notice that the NL East is going to be fought for, so we should be, as Mets fans, be in for an exciting and fun summer. I would, le- I would like to see them acquire a second lefty for the pen, but, and I know he did not sign up for this, but when Jason Vargas returns, he could be that guy, because right now, what starter from the Fab Five are you taking out of the rotation? Remember, we could, with them pitching in rotation, finally be living in an alternate universe right now. And they will now get a chance to see if Kevin Plowecki, as I said the last time I called in, is a number one catcher, since unfortunately TDA just cannot stay on the field, and his time as a Met has most likely come to an end. Anyway, Gary, like you say, let's keep this going for as long as they can and keep the faith, remain optimistic, let's go Mets, and if this is all a dream, please, nobody, wake me up. <laughs> well, I won't wake you, uh, Barry. And as usual, a fantastic analysis of the uh, stated affairs of the Mets right now. And uh, so true. I didn't even think about Vargas uh, moving into the bullpen. But uh, a great call on your uh your end there and uh, thanks again as always for checking in and and uh and um uh hope you check in more and we'll have to uh 
get together soon when uh, I uh, he was congratulating me on uh, made, making a decision to retire um, within the next few months. So um, we'll, we'll get together and uh, maybe play some golf or something. We'll see. But uh, thanks again very much for the call and uh, terrific call. All right. So, I mean, you know, what more can you say? It's been a, a great uh, a couple of weeks of baseball. They have been uh, really awesome, the Mets, and let's hope they continue it. And uh, after speaking with Trevor, we know we got three with Milwaukee as the Big Bad Brew Crew comes in to a city field. And then the Washington Nationals will make their 2018 appearance in City Field. So we'll be talking to you again next week with another guest. Until then, remember, keep the faith, stay optimistic, and let's go Mets!